What's going on here with you with FC Wonder Kid episode 120 here with my guy Fredson. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm uh well you can't see. It is sunny here. I'm in Cape May, New Jersey for a little family reunion, but that does not get in the way of talking football with you, Alex. <laughs> and my goodness, we had like a, a whole lot of action over the weekend that I think we have to uh, uh three hour show today. What are you thinking? Four no, hours? No doubt, Bretson. We have Christian Ronald <laughs> scoring hat tricks. We have Messi completely destroying the MLS as he keeps on doing on a weekly basis. And we have the Premier League, and we're going to get into every single topic. But before we, before we start, do not forget to yes. like episode 120. Comment down below reacting to one of the timestamps because, yes, you can see what we're going to talk about in this podcast if you go to the – if you see the description, people. So go bold yeah. and let's get to it with Tottenham and Ange Postagoglu. Oh, yeah. This is a new era, mm. a changed team. Mm. And I want to start by saying – the midfield, Papesar, Bisuma, mm. a new core, and James Madison as the new 10. <laughs> that yep. is just looking different. I know it's not it Harry Kane, the 10 that used to be, but now with Madison, it's a good start. Are you, are you, yeah. How do you feel with this, Bretson? Well, well, I mean, I think, I think you mentioned Harry Kane. Okay, the nine has not been figured out yet, and I, I, I'm going to say the negative first. Richarlison, um, I, I've been holding out hope for Richarlison, no. uh, hoping that he could be that guy that even fills one shoe for Harry Kane. Mm -hmm. Not both shoes, but one shoe for Harry Kane. He's not that guy. No. I have come to terms with it. It is a sad day for me because I really did think Richarlison could actually do some damage. It's still early in the season, but what you mentioned is what I definitely want to focus on, that midfield, those castoffs, the guys that were not really even expected to play another minute in a Spurs shirt. And now you've got Basuma. You've got Pape Matar Sar sending in balls to Madison like that. That, you know, that, that's just great stuff as a 20-year-old um, on, on a big stage. And I, it is early, but Alex, I'm seeing like way, way, way too much positivity in the Spurs Twitter sphere, in the Spurs uh, fandom. Deserved. They are talking about Big Ange bringing back a positive mentality, uh, bringing back a fun team to watch. Gone is the days of like defensive this, defensive that, and then let Harry Kane and Son do the tricks. No, everybody is on the attack Whoa. in this, uh, this, this space, and I love it. I love it. It's a new Spurs. I completely agree with it you, Bretson. And Big Ange has a new style of play, a progressive style of play, something that is different from the past years at Spurs. Spurs has been mm -hmm. playing most definitely more defensive football with Conte in the past, with three center backs in almost every system in the past. And now, Ange Postegoglu, he has the respect of the players. He has the trust of the players. Son, Madison, Romero, key leaders. And Papsar and Bisuma, like people forget Bisuma replaced. No, I should have yeah. replaced Bisuma at Brighton, which that's, that's mm -hmm. unreal to think about that. But you mentioned something. Spurs will definitely not win a Premier League title anytime soon when they have Richarlison at striker. Okay, they're playing True. beautiful football. Beautiful football. One of the best I've seen in the last few years. But with yeah. Richarlison, they will not go as good as top four, reaching top four. Yeah. Richarlison has one goal in his last 30 games 
for Spurs. It's a confidence issue. I don't know what's happening with him. But if they want to succeed big time, get Keith Thorben this summer. I think it would give assurances for the, this season. And that would be already fantastic. But another point sure. on the positive. I don't want to be just negative, negative. Because you're playing mm -hmm. beautiful football. It's the midfield. But most importantly, it's the defense. Yes, it's mm. less. Uh, it's with a man less. Okay, instead of it mm -hmm. being a defense of five, now it's four at Tottenham. But it's very organized. It's a yeah. defense. At the average age at the defense of Tottenham is 23.2. With Destiny Udogi, Mickey van de Ven, Romero, Porro, and Vicario. This is a new yeah. team. New defense. And they're doing wonders. I might say this. Yeah. Udogi and Porro are one of the best fullback mm -hmm. duos in the Premier League. And if you're that in the Premier League, you're one step away of being one of the best in the world. And reminder, Udogi is 20 and Porro is 23. Rejuvenated that fullback duo that was needed. And that's how you start a lot of rebuilds like we see in today's day and age. So focus yeah, on that and it's great to see. Big Ange just changed uh, the style of play. He, he has. He absolutely has. And I think a lot of it's also mentally. Um, this is a guy that uh, builds people up instead of breaks them down. Um, I guess a little bit like Antonio Conte. Uh, Big Ange is more... Um, I, I mean, I think if there's a turnaround in the future for Richarlison, it comes because Big Ange is coach. It comes because Big Ange is there. Um, I, I honestly do believe he's a guy that is going to kind of fuel these guys onward um, and has given them the confidence to play sans Harry Kane. Um, they they feel like a better team because of Harry Kane. They might not be a better team because Harry Kane is gone, but they feel like they are a better team. And sometimes you got to fake it until you make it. And you mentioned the fullbacks. I got to give some love to the center back duo because Mickey Van de Ven, his recovery speed, he's got size, he's got the ability to tackle, he's got all that stuff. And then you marry that with Kuti Romero's aggression and tenacity and sometimes way over the top. Um, but it works. It really does work. It's going to get better. But I really like that center back duo. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're cooking, man. It, it, we'll see when they get to some even tougher fixtures. Exactly. But I, I, I love it. I love exactly. it. It's early, but I love it. You said it. I want to see this defense yeah. of Mickey van der Ven Romero against Man City, yeah. against Man United. But honestly, with Papsar Bisuma supporting them, Oiberg on the bench, like unreal yeah. options. It's looking different. Really? And even seeing now Jota. Might be, might be coming. He's not happy. And I'll let you add no. some rumors suggested. But we saw when he Two months later. <laughs> no, but we're going to talk more about Saudi League in episode 120. Cool. But uh, mentioning uh, on Jota and, and relating with Son and Richarlison, when Richarlison yeah. came off, Son played mm -hmm. at the nine role. And I could see that long-term happening more and more if, if Richarlison cannot get it done and it don't get another striker that will be another sure. option and the thing that you said about breaking players and uh, mm -hmm. uh Ange, big Ange doesn't break players he's, instead he builds them up i agree mm -hmm. but i just think conte has world-class expectations with everyone and Ange is more realistic and we can see that with los celso with what you said about building up instead of breaking sure. he's trying to integrate sure. los celso and bring the asset that they wanted to be high performance to actually be that. Mm -hmm. So I think he's more human in that approach. And I think all Tottenham fans appreciate that too with Big Ange. They feel like he's yeah. approachable. He's a manager that looks out for Tottenham and he knows what the point that they're at. They, he knows that there's not mm -hmm. a good world-class striker ahead. He knows that he needs yeah. to fix things. So it's yeah. 
good times and yes people let us know what you're thinking too about tottenham in the comments yeah yeah, yeah what are you thinking yeah. Bretton? <laughs> well yeah i wanted to let you segue into the next one but i think it's a great point because big Ange, big Ange is growing with this team right it's very different than when antonio conte came in i mean come on he's a legendary coach mm-hmm. uh he's done a whole lot of it at at the at the peak and you're absolutely right you come in and you basically will the nine other guys uh, you know that aren't harry kane and son to they have to be at this level at all times and above this level uh, otherwise they break them down big Ange is very different and there will be a ceiling there likely will be a ceiling or there will be a there mm-hmm. will be a time limit on this because at some point the rest of the premier league defenses are going to wise up they're going to understand this this the, the way he plays they're going to be able to so they're going to have to keep him guessing and i'll be really interested when we get in the thick of the season whether or not spurs you know peter out or or they continue to to press on and maybe big Ange becomes the next i don't know world class coach we'll see but uh early days early returns are very nice to watch. It's, it's just a different Spurs team, and I am here for it. I like it. I think so. World Class is still, as as I agree with you, it's still early. Wait, so. But it's like Eddie Howe and Newcastle, that was yep. pretty good to get top four. Like Arteta uh, with Arsenal, people are still, yeah. they're not saying World Class straight away, but they're still in the fence. Let's say yeah. if Big Ange gets in that conversation too. Thank you, thank Let's you, go. and leave your opinions about Tottenham in the comment section down mm. below. But Man United had a tough one. That mm. was a tough tough game but i want to say something clearly to everyone at home ever since christian ronald left man united they haven't replaced with any striker that is close i will say close to the level of mm. getting like what 20 goals per season hoyland mm. he's needed hoyland will have the attention the spotlight because martial it can't do it can't be martial at striker if, if that's no. the case you're not gonna get top four Man United will not get top four if they're playing Martial at striker or Sancho. He's not that bad, Sancho, but he's not world-class. That's what they need. They need someone that scores 20 to 25 goals. And you people yeah. that blame Casemiro for Man United's problems, you're, you don't know ball, okay? The calmness, <laughs> the leadership he has. That he, that, to be losing and to be in that point in the game, Casemiro helped to do the remontada. He's the reason why. The remontada happened. Mm-hmm. So don't you dare say bad about Casemiro playing. Some idiocity. I've been seeing so many people uh, say bad of him. It cringes me, Breton. It cringes me so much. Ma- man on an island uh, is, is I guess, the phrase in mind. Um, you know, one guy cannot take on six if he's yeah overextended like that. And I think that's where Casemiro, he wasn't getting support. Um, and one guy can't stop, you know. A I think it's striker problem more. Attack, this time, so. this game yeah. was more striker. Eriksen was very close to the striker a lot of times, like we said about Mount. You're, right. Even Eriksen right. at this time. But, like, it's because yeah. the striker doesn't do pressure. Martial doesn't mm. pressure. It's unreal. I, I, I've but, never seen this. I've never seen a striker Alex, so poor for Man United. Never. But, Alex, Ten, Ten Hag has had all August, all July, all June – to figure this out, and he still has not gotten. They went. They decided to go for an injured player. Mm-hmm. 
they decided to go for an injured player. I would get you know? Ivan Tony. I would get Ivan Tony right. right now. If I was Man United, Hoyland is out. Okay, we, we expect Hoyland to be incredible in his next five years yeah. in football. He's 20. Okay, that's fantastic. Get Ivan Tony yep. that is much better than Martial, and you don't put Rashford at striker. No one wants to see Rashford at striker. The runs, the amount of plays that are not used because Rashford is not in the right position. Crosses, loads of crosses that have no intent because Rashford doesn't yep. know the movement. They need a top striker or Tony. I would get him straight away. That would be my message now for Man United's fans. Get Tony. Yeah, and, get Tony. Uh, and uh, th I think that's great. Great depth piece and a, and a guy that would push Hoyland the moment he gets in there. I could even see Tony making it his as Hoyland, you know, Agreed. learns or earns his uh, his agree. stripes in the Premier League because remember this is a kid coming in with nine nine Serie A goals to his name <laughs> but a a massive skill set that obviously if if well tapped into yeah we can all see it he could become very very good for Manchester United but listen my biggest worry is is uh, yeah okay in the short term it definitely is striker okay mm -hmm. but in the long term it's that defense because oh, yeah. once again we see it that left back. Uh, Malaysia is out. Luke Shaw's now out, and now they're now they're Hello. sniffing around. Now they're sniffing around Chelsea to see if they could bring in Mark Kukurea. You know, it, it's it, they don't have the depth because they can't architect a move out for Harry Maguire. They can't architect a move out for literally. I don't know how they can't do it, and Chelsea can't. <laughs> right? They they can't well, find moves for the players that they want away. But who at Chelsea was away. worse than Maguire and McTominay? Oh well, nobody was worse. I mean, exactly necessarily, <laughs> but exactly. but, but McTominay, McTominay, they wanted forty million for McTominay from West Ham. That's unrealistic. They wanted forty million <laughs> exactly, and that's that's United's fault, oh, yeah, not West true. Ham's fault. And to to be honest, I think if McTominay went to West Ham, he'd ball. And then he'd you see Jorginho ball. leaving for fifteen million. I think that's why Chelsea yeah. Chelsea's selling and United ain't. <laughs> It but I get be. you. I get I, you. I, 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 but I get where it, you're coming it, but, from. They should do better. But that, but that's going to test things because Luke Shaw out. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the, those flanks, those flanks are are a worry. I, I think agree. the fullbacks for Man United. Anthony um, looks I know, better I know. Too. The wingers. That's good. They look. The wingers don't look with a lot of support. I'd say that too. Like for me, yeah. Man United should have Garnacho starting every game. Honestly, if Rashford's playing striker. <laughs> Definitely, Garnacho should be starting every game. Look, if Martial's playing like that, I'd put Rashford at striker. Even if it's bad. Please, I reiterate, get Tony. Get Tony. <laughs> or Hoyland. I don't know. Just come out. Just come out, mate. Because it's needed. But Bruno Fernandes, too. I wanted to, I wanted to yeah. give a bit of a shout-out, too, to the Bruyne. I saw his start bench cell. Of, uh, <laughs> did you see that one? The Bruyne no, did a start bench cell with Bruno Fernandes. Uh, Martin Odegaard and James Madison, and that was his order. So I'm going to say Brun Fernandes, big respect from the Bruyne to come and say that. Creativity genius. Uh, so I wanted to say yeah, too, Brun Fernandes being the captain of this team mm -hmm. helped, okay, for them to give this remontada uh, a chance, okay? He, Brun mm -hmm. Fernandes was the leader in this remontada for it to happen. Creativity, creativity, uh, progressive football, and, yeah, that's what Eric Ten Hag needs. And, uh, again, a lot of people point fingers to Bruno, but uh, it's yeah. wrong. It's wrong, too, because Miro and Bruno, they're, they're doing the best they can with what they have given to them. Look, that's what yeah. that's, that's literally what the – striker's not there. Wingers, Rashford is playing a striker, so you don't have the best wingers. Like, midfield mm -hmm. support, it could be better on the bench. Like, Donny, mm -hmm. even Donny Breton, Donny Van yeah, de Beek. 
Like leaving. What? You re- we remember uh, him. I, there's so many pointing. Uh, uh, the, the streets remember, right? The streets remember. That I, I don't understand. I don't know if we'll ever see that Donny Van de Beek again, uh, which is just a shame. It really is a shame. Maybe we won't like see Anthony de- again, too. Uh, you never know. You never know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I do have to ask you, um, Onana, you're mm-hmm. still you, – we, we saw probably uh, – the worst of what you'll see from Onana, I guess. Like that's that's the worst of what you'll see in terms of positioning. Sometimes uh, some mental mistakes here and there. Um, but that's kind of uh, you know not not I told you so because it wasn't really that bad. They ended up winning the game. Mm-hmm. But that that's the stuff that I for some reason has stuck out to me when I see him. Um, I know everyone wanted to focus on distribution and all that yeah. good stuff. But it, to be honest, if you don't got a striker to send it to to hoof it to, if you don't got the, the 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 front three that you actually want assembled in the way you want them assembled, his distribution means absolute crap it, until you do. Exactly. Um, I agree so, with you, Bretson. His distribution it, is, isn't as strong as it should be because he, nobody's landing it. It's like a player's <laughs> assisting nonstop and you don't have a striker scoring goals. That's what's happening yeah. to Onana. Even with the center backs too. You, there's no center yeah. back this season at Man United you say, oh, He's been world-class, most definitely. No. no. World-class no. no. names, Varane, Lisandro, they are. Onana, all of them are. But actual games, we're still waiting on seeing. And it's because of the lack of talent, okay? At the wings, at the fullback, and in uh, at times in the midfield too. But we're, we're pointing a lot of bad things too. But the truth is, Man United won this game with Eric Ten Hag and 3-2. And this was their 20th win at Old Trafford, okay? So they haven't lost. Goodness. Uh, so, yeah. Ha- no, no, no. It's not 20th win. Man United haven't lost at Old Trafford in their last 20 games in the Premier League. So regardless oh. of the bad form, Eric Ten Hag is okay. still doing a fortress here. And that's how you okay. get consistency, home ground, and you improve upon that. And that's a and positive. It, it, so... And, and while they put themselves in this situation, you are right. It ended up in a win. It was a beautiful remontada. Mm-hmm. It was one of those ones where you need to, you know, you dug the hole and they got out of it. And mm-hmm. that's wonderful. But it seems Manchester United likes to do this stuff. Um, but I feel like the remontadas of old, right? Because I believe Manchester United is the all-time leader in uh two plus goal deficit wins where they've come back from two plus goals. I think this was their 13th remontada from mm. two plus goals down. What? Right. And <laughs> that is the most for any premier league club ever. I think I just hawked that from Opta somewhere. Uh, but mad. listen, I mean, it's a mentality thing, but in this, this felt different because they dug the hole and then they had to get out. It mm. wasn't class play necessarily. I mean, they were down two zip in what the first 20 minutes or something. Um, hey, another striker they could look at is Taiwo Awaniwi. Um, probably not at the, that, the class they want. Because Tony but, gets but, the um, national team if he goes to Man United. That's, that's true. why That's, that's why true. I'm pointing it out so much. <laughs> a quick little shout-out to Forrest Awaniwi, because since he has come in back end of last season to early on this season, guys just scoring goals left and right. Left and right. It's great to see. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, United, I think, has a much rockier road in the near future because that depth is worrying. It really is. 
Um, and Mason and Mount, let's uh, see if he comes back and he plays better. Maybe Mason Mount yeah. will be playing at the wing. I've seen a lot of people Maybe. talking about that, Ooh. and I could agree yeah. if that's the case. But let us know in the comment section down below, and don't forget to like this video for more Man United comments. And if you're listening to the podcast, come on, people. Comment what are you thinking about it until now. So, ooh, Arsenal. Arsenal didn't mm. have the, the same luck as Man United, maybe. 2-2. <laughs> no. But they didn't have the same luck because they're playing against Rompelinha. That I'm just going to start by saying Rompelinha, <laughs> which starts for every Premier League team. Okay, okay, not Man United and Man City, but other, every other Premier League team, Rompelinha would start. Okay, and he doesn't start for them because Miro and Rodri are their elite yeah. players. But with Arsenal, mm. if Arsenal don't fix this Harvard pro Harvard's problem, I don't know what mm -hmm. they, what's going to happen, mate. They, they might not finish second if Harvard's is starting games because Thomas Partey at right back plays? That is embarrassing. <laughs> Arsenal's best midfield, okay, right now playing, right now playing mm -hmm. is Partey, Declan Rice and Odegaard. At the end of the season, I believe it will be, this is bold, but I believe it will be uh, Declan Rice, Fabio Vieira and Martin Odegaard, Breton. Okay? Trust okay. Fabio Vieira. I saw what I needed great. to see. He's much, much yeah. confident. Look, Fabio Vieira is intense. Fabio Vieira has better vision. Fabio Vieira has something to prove. And he looked much much more determined than Havertz. He should be the yep. first sub yep. in midfield ahead of Havertz. He is in my mind, at least. So, people, yep. watch out more and more for Fabio Vieira this season. Because this is now, the one. This is the one. Yeah. No, I, I uh, saw that exact same thing. I'm uh, surprised I didn't text you about it because he's a guy that um, <laughs> I still, even though he hasn't yet broken in, I still have Trust. very, very high confidence that he will um, at some point. But I, you, you bring up Havertz, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it, it seems like we're doing this all the time. We did it with Chelsea. Like, who is he? Is he a midfielder? Is he a forward? What is he? All I got to say is that uh, the, the biggest glaring hole in the Arsenal 11 is a little bit like United right now. The, well, they have a lot more holes. But Arsenal's biggest glaring hole for me uh, is the fullbacks. And I feel like if the fullbacks aren't doing what they need to do in Arteta's system, I feel like whatever you are expecting from Havertz, maybe that freedom, uh, liberty to roam, mm -hmm. uh, the connections, I, I just feel like he is suppressed. He's not able to do what he needs to do. Now, that's not an excuse because he still has not been good. Um, but when it comes down to it, I think their biggest problem before figuring out Havertz is, I mean, come on, you're starting Jacob Kiwior or whatever, a normal mm -hmm. normal center back, and you're starting Partey, as you mentioned, um, as a right back, and they have no depth. And they're, they, they're offloading Kieran Tierney to Real Sociedad, and they got nobody in the wings waiting to go. Tomiyasu can't stay healthy uh, for more than a few games. Um, so, yeah, it's worrisome uh, it's moving forward. He's, uh, Arsenal's it, trying yeah. to, Arteta's trying to emulate what Guardiola does at Man City. With the fullbacks yeah, yeah. being inverted True. and being highly involved in the build-up play. What shocks me is, knowing this, Zinchenko doesn't play more. Like, he's right. perfect to play in this inverted fullback role and to be playing and distributing around the team. So, I'd be yeah. more like, why isn't Zinchenko playing more? That's that's something mm -hmm. I've I've grown to think more and more and more. But yes, right back, right back, Thomas Partey. I will, I'm going to repeat mm -hmm. it, man. This is bad. This is bad. And striker too. Mm. Like it's it's obvious to mm. me. Like when I say that at, at the end of the season, Arsenal will be like with uh, Declan Rice, 
Fabio Vieira, Odegaard ahead of them. It's like Martinelli, Saka, and Gabriel Jesus too. But Eddie Nketiah, I, I, I think he deserves that armband. The intensity he yeah. has too, he gives a lot to the team. And he got that draw for, for, for Arsenal. So I wanted yeah. to give a shout out to him. And it's not that, look, Arsenal, like Arteta has changed the level of Arsenal. Like Arsenal sure. fans are complaining about the situation this weekend. But like two wins and one draw out of like three yeah. games, that's seven points yeah. out of nine. I know Man City is what you're competing against. But you yeah. got to compete against yourself and better yourself. And if you better last season, you can become mm. Premier League winner. I say can, no. but that's the minimal. You need to better yourself. And that's what people yeah. are saying. You're not bettering yourself from last season. But with Fabio Vieira on the pitch, yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> I believe I can in remember, it. I, I can remember 18 to 24 months ago when Arsenal, uh, well, they didn't have a standard at that time. It's true. Um, and now they do. And oh, now that man. standard, as you mentioned, is, is Manchester City. <laughs> um, so that's 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 a big deal, and that in and of itself speaks volumes. Um, but you're also going to have hiccups because I do believe last year, as I've mentioned in the preseason predictions and other places, mm-hmm. um, I, I believe last year was an overperformance. I think there will be a little bit of a reversion to the mean. I don't think they have to finish second. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think they're necessarily a contender, but I don't think they have to finish second for it still to be a successful season this season. Brethren. But but they are but, contenders. Uh, Arsenal to win the mm-hmm. Prem. Yeah. No. no. Manchester. No, there's a second tier. There's Manchester City, and then there's a second tier. Okay. So you can you can make it a contender, but I don't think there are. Uh, basically, what I'm trying to say is I don't think there really are contenders um, until somebody catches fire, right? Um, or you go on this massive run, or Manchester City essentially beats themselves, um, like the De Bruyne. That if Foden can't fill in for De Bruyne, or Foden and De Bruyne get injured. Then maybe we're talking about it, but now Manchester City's got Bernardo Silva for another year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the, they got Doku coming in as a specialist that's gonna like just but, destroy people from the mm-hmm. 65th minute on. But when it comes down to it, with Arsenal, they haven't made any movement on these wingers on on these uh, fullbacks. I'm sorry, and uh, you know they are relying a lot as they should because he's so dang good. I have to say it, Bukayo Saka. Um, is the guy. We all know that. He's grown to be the guy, and I love how he does it. It's so understated. He wants no attention. He really doesn't need the love. He just wants to go out, wear the badge every day, and get it done. And here here we are realizing that the, the one of the biggest reasons why uh, Arteta and Arsenal now have the standard that they have is because of Bukayo Saka's evolution, right? Because he has played, you ready for this? He mm-hmm. has played 83 Bukayo Saka has played 83 Premier League games in a row. He just set the club record. Paul Merson. Paul Merson, he beat. Um, and he just set the record for most consecutive games. He's their Iron Man. He's the guy that they lean on in the Premier League. Um, and I just I just love the way he plays. I love the way he plays the game. He's the freaking beating heart of what Arteta's uh, vision is here. Um, and it's it's wonderful to see. It's, but he's the heartbeat. Saka is the heartbeat of Arsenal, and he's the heartbeat of England too. Yeah. My last thing too mm. on Arsenal's point is I want to say mm-hmm. Gabriel should start every game right now. Gabriel and Saliba should be the starting two center backs. Okay, I do believe the fullbacks. Yes, it's it's a problem, but that center back duo has to stay from last season if Julian Timber yeah. is 
injured, okay? In my mind, oh, yeah. before the season had started, in my mind, I thought the Arsenal defense was going to be Zinchenko, Saliba, Gabriel, and at that mm. right, that right back doing that full role, Julian Timber, playing inverted and being more involved in the distribution. So that's not okay. the case. Question marks are coming. But let us know what yep. you are thinking, people, in the comment section. And don't forget to like this video for more Arsenal content. But on the Premier League, whoa, we still mm. have some really good games, didn't we? It's James Ward-Prowse, <laughs> the signing of the season, Brenton, ahead of James we, Madison. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, I to be honest, we all knew it was going to be a slam dunk the moment it happened. True. We all knew it was going to be Ward-Prowse should not be in the championship. We know this. Mm -hmm. um, is he absolutely legendary? No, but is he, uh, oh, and he is. perfectly? Oh, that's true. I mean, yes, but uh, James Ward-Prowse, that is like the signing that uh, you, you just knew was going to fit. And of course, literally from the get go, mm -hmm. this guy has already put his stamp on, on the team and has turned around. Um, West Ham was relegation fodder last True. season. And then they, of course, won, saved the season by winning the conference league. But when it comes down to it, um, you knew that there would be some sort of a snapback because the same way I think Arsenal overperformed a little bit last season, I think West Ham obviously were underperforming crazy to their ability. We all knew Jared Bowen was better than what he was playing like last season. Mm -hmm. And Jared Bowen, not surprisingly, took that personally last season. And he has started off hot. But a lot of this all comes down to the fulcrum that is James Ward-Prowse. It is James Ward-Prowse. And, and if they go out mm -hmm. and they land Mohamed Kudush, I, uh, I mean, you're talking, mm -hmm. you're, you're talking about a team that could snap back to top eight, top seven, um, pretty quickly. Pretty well, quickly. I don't think they'll finish top eight, but I think they'll be fighting for that top top eight, top ten. Like, the fact yeah. that West Ham sold Declan Royce and West Ham signed Mavru Ponush. Like, good, good choice get Mavru Ponush instead of Maguire. Shout out to that. Mm -hmm. Edson Alvarez, James Warprouse, and getting Kudush too. Like, that's a, that's a new midfield. And a better midfield, mm -hmm. honestly. A midfield, the midfield of West Ham. With Edson Alvarez, Shoshek, and James Ward-Prowse. And then you have Kudush supporting it too. Like, that's yeah. unbelievable to look at. And Jared Bowen will be look better. But please fix the striker. If you're just relying <laughs> on Antonio, like, problems will come with time. Because Skamaka didn't work out. Uh, Danny Ings, I think he's on the bench. I don't think he's world-class. Better than a uh, striker in the top eight that you're mentioning now. So I think yeah. they should fix that and actually land a proper striker that can score 20 goals in the Premier League. That You yeah. don't get that now, feeling with West Ham. Uh, you have to understand, they also beat Brighton at the Amex, right? And it, it was, I wouldn't call it a sound beat, but it was certainly uh, uh, maybe a whole lot better best. than I thought West Ham was going to be. No, they de definitely were not. But um, there's been a couple fortunate developments uh, or fortunate, unfortunate developments for West Ham United. And it's been the Lucas Paqueta deal following through one. Uh, Mikel Antonio was projected to definitely be leaving. And the fact that he is not left yet at, me, at least means that they have a striker that is relatively capable. While I agree that it's still a question mark in the long term because Kamaka was supposed to be that guy and was not that guy. And then on top of that, um, uh, Ward-Prowse just wound up literally being the, the perfect shoo-in, the perfect guy that they could sign from one of these relegated teams um, to immediately make their midfield a whole lot better um, and put less pressure though. on. 
You said what? top eight, Bretson, though. Like, you believe uh, Antonio's well, a top eight striker. Here, here's here's the thing. No, no, I don't believe that. Oh, I don't okay. believe that. But they have finished top eight with him as uh, a striker before, so he could do it. But mm-hmm. I think I think the Premier League is a whole lot deeper now with all this money in it. Um, but when it comes down to it, for me, what I think is Edson Alvarez is going to be a slam dunk for West Ham. I think it's a. Uh, mm-hmm. Is he going to be Declan Rice? No. Um, but is he going to be pretty dang close? Yeah, probably. And then you have Ward Prowse. Um, I don't know if the Paqueta thing is going to actually come to roost. You know, I don't know if he's actually going to go the way of Ivan Tony, or mm-hmm. or if there's going to be an announcement as to what this investigation is is going into. But as long as they have him for as long as they have him, um, I mean, yeah. they are setting up. Like Bowen has snapped back some. It's early. Suchek has snapped back and been a whole lot better than he was. He was a waste of space for the majority of last season. He was terrible. I think he had the worst season in a West Ham shirt last season for them. Um, but a lot of them did. So, And then they made the right decision. Ariola is their goalkeeper, and he had a hell of a game against Brighton. That was a wonderful game for Ariola against okay. them. So I, I'm just saying that the seeds are there because they weren't as bad as they um as they played last season, I guess. Okay. You know, they just weren't that bad. No, I right? agree with you. Um, I just think last season the form wasn't the best. Uh, and two players didn't know who would start, like Antonio would expect to start, Skamaka, things like this. And once again, yeah. I'm going to reiterate, if they don't get a striker, like this is dreamful thinking that they'll be better than when without with Declan Rice. But that midfield... Wait, do you have uh, a... Sorry, yes? Do you have a striker in mind? For West Ham. Why don't get Taremi yeah. for the 30 million they're asking? I'm literally I saying mean, Taremi always, but like Taremi is yeah. a realistic option yeah. for them to catch. So mm. that would be a striker in mind that I'd say fast, yes. <laughs> Stri- yeah, and they have money it, for it. It's almost but uh, but exactly. let's wait and see they, what's they, gonna happen. They have they <laughs> yes. also had money for they also had money for Balogun. And I don't know if they ever I don't even think Balogun wanted decided. to stay in the Prem in London though. I don't think but listen uh, like you it, know I think he's going to Come Monaco, on. different league. He he's is. playing for he the is. U.S. men's yes. national team too. Like, if he wanted to yeah. stay in England, maybe he would pick. The, he would have picked England. <laughs> I think yeah. that could have maybe yeah. be that in an intention of mine. But yes, people, yeah. let us know what you're thinking on the prem. And yes, anything that we're missing out. And Chelsea, we got to say too. Chelsea looking much better. Three 0 win. Raheem Sterling was a big shine in that game, and Nico Jackson was scoring in his day, uh, scoring his first goal. For Chelsea too. That that was pretty good. It, it was Luton Town. That's the only exactly. thing I have to say exactly. about that. But, so, but, but yes, it was good to get that win. Um, the one thing about Chelsea that I just it, the realization to me, um, and it's probably a tweet I saw several days ago confirming this. But it is amazing that they have sold off two of their most recent uh, academy players of the year uh, to Newcastle. Um, and they have brought in, um, I mean, indirectly, but they're valued above 70 million pounds, right? The both of them. But both Tino Livermento and Lewis Hall are no longer with Chelsea. They're with Newcastle. And they likely will be Newcastle's flanks uh, for many, many, many years to come. And at one point, they were Academy Players of the Year at Chelsea. Cobham made, Cobham <laughs> oh, bred, Cobham gone. And it's just, a, it's just kind of a... It is. It's just a shame to see because it, this is, and I, I believe in your in your Betano. Um, mm. that, you know, I know you're speaking Portuguese, but uh, yeah, I pick up on some of it. I think you were saying the same thing. Like this is with just such a radical shift in this roster, and 
uh, he has Pochettino has a massive job ahead of him, but it's also like not a job that I don't think anybody out there, anybody out there is equipped to deal with in terms of this roster turnover in such a quick period of time. It will take time for them to gel. But yes, the grains of 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 improvement were certainly there against Luton Town, and uh, I'll be I'll be really interested to see where it goes from here. It's, um, it's true. It's but, Luton Town. Mm. It's don't need to to crack up, <laughs> go crazy with that, yeah. and yeah, keep 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 it down. Still, it's it's still not the, <laughs> the top team. I agree with you. I agree with you with that. But switching yeah. now, saying like don't keep it down. Like this might be the season that Asa Milan oh. get another Scudetto. <laughs> Ace of a lot are balling out. Calcio is fun now. Any team can get, not any team, but a lot of teams can get top four. The top four Mm. race is happening. And Ace of Milan in two games have two goals. And who's balling out? Your guy, Brenton. (laughs) CP, baby. Two games, two goals. What? That's more goals than last season for Chelsea. Yeah, t- two man, uh, two man of the match oh, awards too. Um, and yeah, I think the the Chelsea core of AC Milan is balling out right now. Um, I I wouldn't say you know Olivier Giroud I know has an Arsenal past as well, right? Um, but at 36 years old, Olivier Giroud has four goals, right? I think mm-hmm. two of them were penalties in this last game. Three goals, three, three goals, goals, one assist. I think it is. Mm-hmm. And two of them were penalties versus Torino. But come on, 36 years old, and he's playing like he's 29. And him and CP, him and Pulisic are balling out together. Great, great communication. You see it. But that's not it. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Pulisic combined for one of the goals against Torino. On top of that, Fakayo Tomori, who a lot of people were worried about in preseason, is not quite as bad as he was in preseason. He's getting much better and getting kind of gelled back in and, and feeling good again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think really you you boiled it down perfectly. Like, Pioli's having fun. Um, this front this front three is having loads of fun, and it shows um, on the pitch. And I don't know. I just feel like maybe, well, definitely last season, that got tested. Um, and Rafa Liao hasn't even had to necessarily show his best game yet and he's still been very very good right um so it's it's so much fun to watch like Rafa Liao, Giroud, Pulisic and then you get to bring in Chukwueze off the bench and Okafor Okafor for Giroud which is something that last season Origi wasn't turning up and to get Okafor gives more options and that's what I gotta say the Tonali money now it's inevitable to say that yes they haven't replaced directly Tonali with a player with the same level but as as a as what the money got you like it got better players mm. in general like the, there's yeah. a new midfield at AC Milan without Tonali and midfield with Reinders that is looking good yes, and midfield with yeah. Ruben Loftus-Cheek that with no injuries we know he works hard and he's massively talented okay he can be yeah. a, a, a home run if he works out that he's looking good Ben Asser will be back from injury in a couple of months. Musa is still improving. Musa got his time. Improving. Yeah. He's going to improve. It's still, but, like, it's, it's uh, six but that's months in a goal. year. And that's how goal. That, exactly. That's how goal. Oh and my that's gosh, what I got to so say buttery. with Milan. I'm still shook. Like, Tonali might have left Milan. Tonali uh, mm. might have left Milan. But Teo stayed. Mike mm. Magnan stayed. Tomori's still there. Rafael Leon's still there. Like Ben said, when he's back, he's still going to be elite. And then you have now Pulisic better. Oh, the bench, Chukwesi, Anoka 4. Like, Pioli, yeah. 
cook. Let him cook. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Top four, it's, Asa it's, Milan, realistic, minimal. So let's see if Scudetto yeah. is possible. I think it but is. But one thing I... Yeah, I and that's know. the thing is we we have seen windows like this with Christian, right? So we have to be optimi optimistically cautious or cautiously optimistic, whichever way you want to put it, because we do know all it takes is one injury and he's on the sideline for whatever, you know, hamstring strain, two months. Um, so here's hoping that that's not the case. Um, but as of right now, uh, as you've mentioned in the past and as you and I have talked about offline, um, we want to see these guys, uh, especially the American guys, playing the way that they play for the U.S. national team because they generally play with a freedom, even in spite of Burhalter, that just makes you happy because they're playing Pulisic balls when he plays with the U.S. national team. Yunus Musa, uh, they haven't even seen. Yunus Musa yet and I really think he's going to fit incredibly well because uh, he's versatile as hell in that midfield um, for Pioli and um, we'll see when AC Milan gets punched in the face uh, whether or not they can get back up again because we know it's going to happen it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when mm -hmm. and and how they how they deal with it but they do they have all the pieces intact some of them had bad seasons last year, um, and they're we know they're good enough to snap back. I like uh, Malik Tiao, um, who player. is now partnering with uh, with Tamori. Mm -hmm. I think he's only going to get better because he's young too. He was a shrewd pickup from uh, I think it was like Schalke or something. Yes, it was. So Schalke. I, uh, I the, their first big test will be this coming weekend mm -hmm. um, against a Mourinho led <laughs> AS Roma that 100% needs a win. Because they just sure. lost to Verona, I think, and they tied their first game to like. So Lukaku might be going there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I saw that. that Chelsea that... might be able to offload him after all. Mourinho, How do they do that? Belotti or Lukaku? That ain't bad. Or Tammy yeah. Abraham? <laughs> like, yeah. Mourinho's got that strikers happy. That's what I got to say. Yeah. But with Ace mm. Milan, too, I like how you say Malik Tiao, great center back, partnering with Tomori. Yeah. And Kiaer is on the bench. And they actually yep. have – they signed to another center back, Marco Pellegrino. Uh, mm. That was a shrewd mm. business, like you said. And Lorenzo Colombo, too. So And Kalulu's yep. on the bench. So in terms of depth, in terms of youth recruitment, I think that's what AC Milan have been doing a lot under the radar. And even Charles Neketzeler, his loan is going well at Atalanta. So that was the best yeah. decision to make it, to loan him out and new life for Charles Neketzeler too. But people, let us know what are you thinking about AC Milan? Can AC Milan win the Scudetto? Will they win the Scudetto? Let us know what you're thinking and like this video for more videos just like this but <laughs> Breton I'm gonna say it I'm gonna say it just yeah. it has to, it has to be said like it is it has to be said like this <laughs> two months ago Inter Miami was the worst team in the MLS now yeah. they're the best team in the MLS Breton no yep. doubts best player Messi 45 minutes out switches he comes in scores on his debut and Inter Miami beat who New York Red Bulls yeah. a team yeah. That I thought would be difficult. But the yeah. movements, the vision, the playmaking, no defender in MLS is ready to defend Messi. The playmaking ability mm. has never been seen in the MLS. So 
It's go it, bold, it, Messi. It's, Keep it's, going. It, it's true, and uh, we'll we'll. It remains to be seen whether there's anybody that can stand in their way. I think only <laughs> fixture congestion in some way, shape, or form. Maybe not testing Messi, but te- testing the depth of the roster around Messi mm. um, will be the only way that Inter Miami. Uh, you know, well, well, whatever. They made their first step. It was a hell of a cameo. It wasn't a cameo. It was a a, a transcendent performance off the bench. But mm-hmm. I just love it because. It was once again the two Argentinians or the Miami born hopeful US player, 18 years old. Yes. But he, for right now, he's an Argentinian youth international linking up on that play. Uh, Messi picking out a play uh, or picking out Messi, a pass mate. within the box. Yeah, within the <laughs> box that literally there's nobody else in MLS that could pick out that pass. Obviously, there's nobody else in the world that can pick out that pass Difficult. as shrewdly as Kekwe as. It's so nice. Um, and. Kramashi doing the right thing. He was probably taught by Messi to do it right away. First times it back across. And it was yes. like they were just having a pass. Um, and he just passed it into the back of the net. But listen, Lionel Messi now has, uh, oh, come on. What, what are we looking at here? So Messi Lino has Messi, nine wins in nine games. They have, he has 11 oh goals, gosh. three assists, three assists, and one mm. trophy in all this, too. <laughs> but it, 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 and the crazier win wasn't even the Red Bulls. I have to say that Nashville. the crazier win was, well, Nashville was great, but just days later they are in. Okay. So previous to this, let me set the stage really quickly. Inter Miami, terrible team previous to Lionel Messi, trying to figure them out, dealing with roster sanctions, dealing, dealing with turnover, uh, new guys coming in, not yet getting their feet under them and probably expecting Messi, but not wanting to get ahead of themselves. Yes. Terrible in the MLS standings, but there is our FA cup, which is us open cup pretty old tournament um and it's pretty amazing if you can get pretty far in it uh inter miami without messi managed to get to the u.s open cup semifinal. okay um and they go to cincinnati one of the strongest teams in the league right now mm-hmm. they have to go to cincinnati days after winning the league's cup final versus nashville um <laughs> and they and they 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 won it but not only that they were down they got punched in the face mm-hmm. miami was down to nothing Messi was on the field. Busquets was on the field. Uh, uh, Jordi Alba was on the field, and they were down to nothing. For all intents and purposes, it actually looked like Cincinnati was going to potentially kind of keep things afloat and win this thing. And then once again, instead of him scoring the goals, Messi decides to be the architect. Beautiful first pass to Campania. The second one in the 97th minute. Yep. Forced extra time. And then in extra time, they had to score a third goal to equalize um, or vice versa. And then, of course, they went on penalties. And guess who wins? Guess who wins the game for them again? 18-year-old Benja Kramashi scores the penalty kick, steps up to score the deciding penalty kick for them to now have a go at yet another trophy. At yet another trophy. That was in fantastic the Open what happened. So yeah, it was really it, good. It, 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 it's it just it's that's that's what I like seeing. That's when, you know, it's like he's there, obviously, for more than for more than a paycheck, which we all know he's there for Aww. more than a paycheck. But that's but what I'm saying is more like they were punched. They <laughs> like, were the, they were punched. Don't take that sound bite because they were punched in the face and they got back up and they got that done. That's why that Cincinnati game, I think, tells me that barring the rest of their roster breaking down. Um, which I don't think they will because Diego Gomez is new. Uh, Avales has come in. They're, they have some young players that they, uh, Facunda Farias, who barely played yet. Um, they're doing the right things and they are setting the stage. So, 
they're probably getting to the playoffs. It's whether or not there's somebody out there that can throw a wrench in the grinder. <laughs> they are getting um, to the playoffs. But I love it. They are getting to the playoffs. Kramaski <laughs> is one of the best players in the MLS playing next Ooh. to Lionel Messi, okay? He is. Yeah. And Busquets yeah. obviously is elevating the old team because Busquets has only played for Barca, Spanish national team, and Inter Miami. Yeah. That is the luck but, and the greatness that the MLS is witnessing. Witness yeah. greatness yeah. with Busquets and Lionel Messi. That's I just, but, I'm just uh, deserving. It's, it's deserving. It's great. And, and and here's one crazy stat for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and I get it. A lot of people shrug and shriek about MLS and and their standards and whatnot. But listen, <clears throat> the three teams that Messi beat, okay, Philadelphia, Nashville, and Cincinnati, all within eight days, okay? They had a combined three losses in their last 33-some games at home. <laughs> he beat all three of them in eight days, the right? Messi and Miami beat all three of them in eight days. So, yeah, no, a lot of it is the quality around him has to catch up, but that's exactly why he's here. Exactly. That's exactly why uh, Inter Miami ha- made the financial uh, had the financial wherewithal to get this done, mm-hmm. and Messi is here to raise this game. Um, but the spending needs to catch up to to that one massive investment uh, over time. But it's there's not I I can't tell you how many text messages that I have gotten about people watching their first game. My father-in-law is texting me at, you know, he's watching games at midnight. He's catching up on messy highlights, right? Um, and he loves the union. He's a Philadelphia fan. But when it comes down to it, I mean, he just loves the 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 the, the pizzazz, the entertainment around it. And it also makes him learn about the other teams in the league. So we'll see where this goes. But uh, early signs are, I mean, you, you could not have asked for a better entry into the league, into exactly. Amer- the American soccer, yes, I said soccer, landscape for Messi because it's it's wonderful. He gets some winning, and uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens <laughs> from here on out. But <laughs> you say soccer, but Messi only speaks Spanish, so I, I'm certain he I says know, football. Football. <laughs> I know Messi's yeah. he's transporting that football like uh, culture to the U.S., and you love, love to see it. And going with what you, you said, Messi is playing like a player that would win a Ballon d'Or, would play in the MLS. And that's what yeah, is happening. He's going extremely bold. And Inter Miami will be going to the MLS playoffs, in my point of view, even though they're 14th <laughs> right now. But let us know. Put down below what are you thinking about Inter Miami. Comment about Messi. Is he going to win the Ballon d'Or? Do you believe he will? L- let us know in the comment section down below. But you said MLS. Like, there's another league. This league is... Yeah. I, some people... Some people say Saudi League's destroying football, but the truth is the Saudi League is investing boldly. Boldly, okay? Mm-hmm. I was shook when I saw that Otavio left Porto, okay? Yeah. Nobody was yeah. expecting that move. And I'm going to say this. In the Saudi Pro League, the best midfield is no doubt of Al Nasser. In the league, they might not be best positioned right now, which they will be. Mm-hmm. But they have in midfield... Seku Fofana, Brozovic, mm. and Otavio. That is a ridiculous midfield that would be e- elite in Europe too, playing wise. So, like, I was. What do you think? What do you think? And Laporte, yeah. Laporte, sorry, left City. Laporte left yeah. City to Almasar too. Yeah, I was shook with that one. Yeah, listen, but you're you're shook with those. I think the one that has got me over the line that says, "Oh gosh, nobody is safe now," Gabri is Gabri Vega. Vega. <laughs> 
Gabri Vega for me was like, a, okay, um, wow. Uh, this is a guy that was chased by Napoli, chased mm-hmm. by Manchester City at one point. Liverpool, I think, was sniffing around him. Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, you had quite a few admirers and you? just up and at him. And yeah, I, I, I absolutely love him. And yeah, you know what? I probably will watch him if if I can watch him. Oh, wait, Fox just bought in the States. Yeah, what? they just bought their rights. So Fox we will Sports? be able to watch him. Oh. But listen, but 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 here's here's what here's what's really interesting because it was that one I think where I really started to notice that other Matthias professionals, Jesu. right? It's Matthias T- Jesu, Tony Cruz. Right, but Tony that's true. That's true. Uh because he is going to what? Al Ali. Yeah. Um who who is still building I guess their core. Uh but um Can I just say this what, though? What was the big thing? Al-Alil? Al Alil with yeah. Gabri Vega has Kessier next to him. In center backs, yeah. they have Ibanez, Demiral. Uh, and then in front, they have that front trio of Alan St. Maxime, Firmino, and Mahrez. So they're shaping yeah. up. They're shaping up. But listen, if. <laughs> If Jaisal if Jaisal starts bringing uh, RB Salzburg kids, then I might have to become a fan. <laughs> Oscar um, Klopp. I might if they, if you yeah I mean if he starts bringing in uh, the Sescos of the world, um, who no who are the ones Samson Baidu right oh, yeah. and uh, who's the I'm one Konate. I love right now you Dijon, love Dijon Kamari oh Karim Kanate that could absolutely happen um, in my opinion and frankly that's when I have to start thinking I mean, okay. <laughs> I'm going to boil it down because I'm not getting political or anything like this. The only thing that I have to say about this that just feels weird, right, is is the fact that the money comes from the government and the fact that there are no regulations on it whatsoever. There is no regulatory body per se except maybe FIFA when it comes to this money spent. But at the same time, some clubs can look at it. I mean the majority of the signings previous to this were players that – uh, like Mitrovic, getting $53 million for Mitrovic is a hell of a bargain, I think, long-term, considering injury history mm-hmm. and things like that. So Fulham should actually be happy, even though it did happen with 10 days to go in the f- mm-hmm. flipping window. So that doesn't help no, long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, but Their window it, it, will finish 21st just... of September. Right. I expect many it, more players, and the biggest right. players maybe, coming yeah. after September, Bretton. Yeah, and that's part of what I mean. Like, they have three weeks more to mm-hmm. poach these teams. Uh, even Jurgen Klopp's like, oh, gosh, what's yep. going to happen? I already lost Fabinho. I already lost whatever. And, Henderson. and a lot of that comes to their different regulatory body, or there is no regulatory body whatsoever. So mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's also interesting. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to not necessarily judge it, per se. I'm going to watch and see see how it happens. So get out my popcorn. And- but it is the Gabri Vega mm-hmm. signing that has got my attention more so and and I'm, i'll say it 15 times from the rooftops more so than anybody else out there Come on, everybody Ronaldo. else is for the most part <laughs> still, for the most part star power later on in their career still obviously world-class footballers but now they're buying wonder kids essentially they're buying players that would be the next face of big club teams um gabri vega and we'll see if that continues mm-hmm. uh but you know, uh, um, or is everything going to turn out and be maybe Jota? I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, you know? well, I'll let you add, without Jota even, they're they're balling out. They have three games, three wins, which I'll get to that right in a second. But what what you saying too? Yeah. I wanted to say because I was with Al Nasser <laughs> and Al Alil. Yeah. That's quite quite good with Matias Yelsel. They're playing pretty well too in the Saudi Pro League. They have seven points right now. But Al Nasser with Christian Ronaldo. Christian Ronaldo scored another hat-trick for Al Nasser. And in his career, he has 63 hat-tricks in his career. The most 
of any professional footballer ever. And before the age of 30, he had 30 hat-tricks. After the age of 30, he has scored 33 hat-tricks. That is insane. He's developing more. And Cristian Ronald, at the age of 38, will have more than 30 goals this, uh, this year in the 2023, mm. which is fantastic. And I think he's going to yeah. break that record in 2024, maybe. That's an, that, mm. Because he's going to be playing the full season and he will know how to play in the Saudi League too. But you said, I wanted to say, you said about uh, the money spent and mm -hmm. the highest net spenders in football, it's Saudi Pro League teams and the Premier League teams right now. But mm -hmm. Ali Lal, the highest net spend in football, um, aye, highest net spenders in football right now, Ali Lal is first with 352 million. Big up on Neymar mm -hmm. to put that number up. Arsenal is second, 201 million. And third is Man United with 154 million. And to give context to, Burnmouth is in seventh with 126 million net spent. Mm. Okay, Burnmouth in seventh. That's mad. And they equal the amount that Real Madrid spent this summer. Burnmouth. Wow. So I think yeah. there was already like a, a, a league dominating the football transfer yeah. window because you had Burnmouth equaling Real Madrid beforehand. So well, I think true. that was already something that was happening. And now with the Saudi Pro League, they're just going crazy. Crazy. It's, it's true. And the player and Ali Lal is the best team. I'm an Al Nasser supporter. Uh, I am. I am. But Ali Lal is the team that to beat AFC champions. Mm -hmm. And Malcolm scored three goals in his first game for Ali Lal. Like, he's right yep. there. Neymar still hasn't played, but Neymar, come on. Kolibali, yeah. Bono, Rubenev, Milikovic, Savic. So, yeah. I'm I'm pretty... I'm, I'm going to see Al Nasser, Ali Lal, Aletifak, Ali Lal, Stevie G. Shout out to Stevie G. He's doing pretty well with Jordan Henderson and Moussa Dembele. And, yes, the final thing I wanted to say is Aletiad. And I agree mm. with you, Bretton, that these four teams are the teams that are getting more ad uh, advantages because they have the support of the government. It's factual. Al-Ilal, Al-Nasser, Al-Nasser, Al-Ilal, Al-Etihad, Al-Ali, and Al-Alil. Mm -hmm. The four teams have the support of the government. I completely agree. Yep. But I think after three years, I think they're going to end up by having every team signing players. I think they're going to make it more... <sighs> balanced out okay so it's 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 a wait and see type thing and al itihad i wanted to say al itihad right now is the team mm -hmm. playing best football okay benzema yeah. has one goal and two assists okay he's balling out and they have no goals al itihad right now has no goals suffered in three games they have no goals mm. suffered why their double pivot is kante and fabinho elite mm -hmm. okay people so yeah. That's, that's what I got to say. It's a new league, new teams, new shocks. And I think in yeah. a year to two years' time, I'm going to agree with Ronaldo that it's a top five league maybe, okay? Because no. I wasn't expecting Gabri Vega coming. I was, And do you know why I say that, Breton? It's because what's the mm -hmm. difference of a Saudi Pro League right now and a La Liga, a Bundesliga? Is that the fast pace of the game, the quality of the touch, the quality of everything. And right now, with the midfields that are being built, the, the quickness mm. of the game is elevating every month. <laughs> like, so it, by having these midfields, I'm starting to say that in two, uh, one to two years' time, this league could yep. be top five. So let's wait. And oh, see. no, 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 no. no I, I, that's, that's, no. 
Yeah, oh, there's so much more. Uh, Definitely will be so. ahead of but MLS it, in this case. So, but it, but it, well, uh, but MLS is doing it so that they can be a a a, a destination league for years and years and years to come. I mean, Saudi if the, if the Saudi government. But if it depends if they want if they decide they want to spend their money elsewhere, it depends if the government they just decided they could have done this 15 years ago. They could no, have done it 10 they years couldn't. ago. They could have done it five. They didn't have the resources so so strongly. They, they, they absolutely oil how many is a people, resource. How many people would be at the stadium to watch the games? Like the country now has much more population, which elevates like the the amount of potential that a club has as a brand. I think. Well, well, well that that didn't just happen. Sure, overnight. Fifteen years. But at the same time, but but at the same time, they they have committed for a kind of ten year run. But if they decide to pull the plug, the funding's gone, and these contracts aren't Todd Bowley contracts. They're not eight year contracts here. We're talking about the majority of these players, although there have been some very very crazy new signings like the Gabri Vega. Heck, they just brought in Habib Diallo, who I thought was going to be golden boot winner this year in uh, Ligue 1 if Mbappe was was gone too. Uh, and I think he's playing for Al-Shabaab. But listen, mm -hmm. what for me, uh, it's, it's just the fact that it needs to be sustained. It needs to be sustained long term. They have to continue injecting more funds, more funds, more funds, mm -hmm. because this isn't development per se. It's more so by the stars, let them play, and then we'll buy. It's buying trading cards and then putting them on the field. And if that brings sustained, I don't agree um, with you at all, Brett. Because the people that are organizing the Saudi Pro the League are the people that organized mm -hmm. the Premier League 20 to 30 years ago. They're the same minds. The people that are behind the Saudi Pro League, and you just said it. Fox Sports bought the rights of the Saudi Pro League, so they're yeah, buying lot, the rights because yeah. not for a lot right now. <laughs> but in three to five years, with a FIFA Club World but, Cup elevating the status of these teams, but their but brand still, will elevate the money too. That they, but, the money, but the money that they get from that, uh, while yes, you get distribution, the money that they get from that does means nothing. means nothing to the Saudi Pro League, right? Because they've already started with a blank check. They've started with a but blank check. But they're being check. talked. They just want to be so, talked so more. So th th there's no real... Well, yeah, I mean, you could buy your way into being talked more. It's whether or not it's sustained or whether or not it's a flash in the pan, which I think is the bigger argument. A lot of people, do I think it's the Chinese Super League anymore? I no, don't. probably not. Uh, no, I'm just saying that, right? Uh, probably not, right? But this is, they started with a blank check. They're buying their league, basically. They're buying all the people for their league. MLS, I don't think there's even a comparison there either, while the goal, I guess, is the same. But MLS has not opened. There's no blank check. There is no uh, – there's actually salary caps well, and structure and whatever. Right and, and well, well, no, Messi's still actually fit in under the rules. It's just they a blank check a for Apple and Adidas. Adidas. It's just for a blank check well, from Apple and Adidas but, for but, Messi. But, but listen, that actually that actually incentivizes people it's good. for growth. It's good. It's fantastic. It incentivizes people I'm for growth. I'm not going against but the it. Government, the, but the government ain't giving out equity for government, right? They're not They're not giving out 5% equity, Cristiano Ronaldo. Here, have a piece of uh, Saudi Aramco, you know, our, our biggest company in Saudi Arabia. They're not doing that right now. Um, they might do it maybe with the Pro League. Highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. So it is I – mean, uh, the only difference I feel is it's transactional. And whether or not that transaction continues or it leads to, which I think we all hope this is what it leads to, the, the building of 
the the local Saudi Arabian um, actual footballing economy. It will, right? Or is it just the the shift of it? it I know you are I, very confident that it will. Saudi, I am less confident. Saudi that it Arabia will. beat Argentina Ooh. in this World Cup, and they didn't have the yeah, lead that they have they, right now. So and then I, they stunk. Then they stunk the rest of the way. That happens. That happens, mate. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's the but, but, but and Argentina went to win on the world. Went to win the World Cup. Exactly. So it was actually, uh, they did Argentina a favor, frankly. Exactly. It's, it's not a favor, but it was a great result, and I'm 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 in the opposite in that end because investment comes from, like I said at the start of this video, with the Premier League, they were already doing yeah. a lot of that, and now it's a new league, it's a new environment. Champions League is going to be changing next year. FIFA Club World Cup is going to be elevating. I think this is going to be a very different world. The culture, this is the important part. That MLS yeah. Saudi Pro League, I think the Saudi Pro League realizes this. That is. The culture, they can't replace the European culture, but they can try and match the quality of play. I don't think they will in two to three years' time, okay? But they can try, and that's what they're trying to do. But the culture cannot be emulated. So, people, let us know what are yeah. you thinking about the Saudi Pro League, everything that's being mentioned. Put your thoughts in the comment section. We want to know what you're thinking about the teams. Who are you supporting too? And what do you think is going to happen in the recent mm -hmm. future, people? Go bold. So, Wonder Kids. We got to talk about Wonder Kids. A lot happens. And I think it's it makes sense to start Wonder Kids with Bellingham. Because <laughs> Bellingham hey, is the best Wonder Kid in the world. If he is a Wonder Kid. Because 20 years old, the best player at Real Madrid. Four goals scored. Three games. Like, if, if he doesn't ball out... They, they, they might draw or lose, but he's the one yeah. that is putting the responsibility at such a young age, and it's such a well, short period of time. Jude Belding. Well, you're going to love this. Jude, Jude is the first Real Madrid player since Cristiano Ronaldo to score in his first three La Liga matches. He is also, and that's not a, co that's not a comparison of Jude to Ronaldo, just a very interesting milestone there. Yeah. And he's a midfielder. Um, but at, at, at the same time, he is the youngest in Real Madrid history to score wow. in three consecutive games for Real Madrid. Um, and, and he's playing in a role that he had not played previously for Birmingham City or for Borussia Dortmund. Fox. He's literally playing at a 10. Um, and then in Ancelotti, who obviously has seen many leagues, who has seen many teams, um, is a guy that's honestly building a tactic around him. And that in and of itself, I don't even know if we can qualify him as a wonder kid anymore. Um, <laughs> and to be honest, I think it might even say to the world, uh, if you're watching the El Clasico in the future, especially with this unfortunate Pedri, and I hope it's not too long, too, injury, man. it feels like that momentum is shifting a little bit again. <laughs> um, Barcelona rankled people last year by kicking the, excuse my language, but kicking the crap out of Real Madrid in La Liga. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see this first El Clasico because um, you just need Pedri, let's be honest. I, you might agree with me on this. Pedri mm -hmm. has not looked the same since he got that injury post Olympics. I right? don't agree with since that. Since that post Olympics, <laughs> I, think I don't Pedri, think he's looked as. I think mm, still yeah, good. I don't know. I think he's, he was really good oh, last season. Oh, last season, he, Pedri. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. It's a, no, no, I agree. I agree. He's still very, very good. But if if it's gonna be. Um, peppered with two months off, a month off here and there, oh, yeah. uh, it's it, it becomes uh, unfortunately a consistent theme um, and one that I hope he gets through. I, no, I, I really do. I, I agree with you. Like Pedri, yeah. the the consistency is something that people are starting to point fingers, which they should. Okay, just like Lewandowski. Lewandowski ain't scoring the goals too. Uh, uh, but I agree yep. with you with 
Bellingham is overshadowing right now Pedri. But I do think Barca yeah. are going to win La Liga, though. <laughs> With okay. Pedri right. having a massive importance. But Jude mm. Bellingham, like, Real Madrid has, like, Real Madrid has Courtois injured. They have Vinicius yeah. Jr. after international break. He's going to be injured until then. They have Eder Militão mm. injured. Arda Guler injured. Despite all that, Bellingham is still playing the way he is. That is yeah. what's putting me bonkers. And... You see the mentality of the players, and Alaba even says it. This kid is spe he's unique. He's special. We have he's insane. Yep. Actually, he said Alaba said Bellingham is insane, and that he's yeah. insane. Why? Because he's a leader already at such an age. So everybody, the English, the English fans, your guys are winning because Harry Kane. Like, if you see the transfers above a hundred million in this transfer window, it's actually ironic that. The English players are the ones that are actually immediate impact. <laughs> it's not yeah. Caicedo. And, and, well, Declan Rice, maybe that can be a discussion. But Bellingham and Kane, definitely worth the price yeah. tag. So I just wanted to say yeah. that. It's really uh, it, it, <laughs> interesting. It, it is. And and we've we've said it. Uh, we've called it, what, the intangibles, mm -hmm. right? He has the things that um, it just for a 20-year-old, it just doesn't make sense. Um, it, it doesn't make sense that he has him, and it tells you that he's a, a barring some ridiculous turn of events. Um, he Jude Bellingham likely will go down as one of the most consequential players for uh, England, likely and Real Madrid. Um, but there are always things, bumps in the road, things that might change. But as of right now, the dude seems he does all the right stuff off the field. Uh, he does all the right stuff on the field. Everybody that talks about him loves him for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, seems like he has a great upstanding supportive family. Hell, he's got the great story of a brother that is also trying to kind of make his own way in the footballing world. Mm -hmm. Hey, this is like a marketing dream for English football <laughs> and for La Liga, frankly. So uh, I know we talk about Jude a lot, but I remember you and I talking about him when he was 15 years old. Set to it's make true. his debut for Birmingham City. So it's it's crazy uh, to just see this come up and and not come up and that's the wrong way to put it. That but it's come, is, up, yeah, um, come up and to see him match every new tier of football that he approaches. And it looks as if he's been there for years. Yeah, it really I does. Completely it's agree. Amazing. Just like Joe, it's like Joe Bellingham. We were starting to chat about because of Jude. Yeah, like it's yeah, amazing yeah. the impact that his yeah. brother has had in football. But we're saying mm. the impact he's had in football. Before I get to mm. the wonder kid at PSG, because <laughs> there's a mm. bold wonder kid at PSG that is cooking, I want to give a yeah. shout out to Mbappe. Okay, Mbappe oh. played professional football for the first time at 16. Ever since then. He scored. He has 400 goal involvements. 400 goal involvements at the age of 24. Mbappe has won a World Cup too. He's been a runners-up in another World Cup in which he scored in a hat-trick final. All this at the age of 24 with 281 goals and 119 assists. That's oh insane. PSG's all-time goal scorer too, Mbappe. At the age of 24. Mm. So whoever's criticizing Mbappe, just remember he's still he's still 24 and he's getting to that stage. But we're I'm saying about him because there's a new player. Mm. Not that's gonna be mm. the best in the world, okay? But it's gonna be one of the best in his position. Okay. Warren Zaid Emery. If you hear FC Wonder yep. Kid podcasts, we've spoken about this kid since our first podcasts. Okay. So first 10 podcasts, we mentioned Zaid Emery. Okay, because Zaid Emery was a PSG jewel. 
crown yep. jewel. And he is lovely to see that Zaid Emri, when Verratti leaves, they're not thinking about signing another player. They're thinking about their own now. Because Mbappé, <laughs> captain of France and captain of a PSG team, like he's the leader of that team. He's the owner of that team. He wants Zaid Emri to be there. And at 17, that's mad that Zaid Emri gets that responsibility. And at the in 2030, what in Zaid Emri will be 24? In 2030. <laughs> That's mad. 24, just... That is mad. Like, like, a World Cup has been in the States, like, in 2026, mm -hmm. and he's still under 24. <laughs> yeah. So, he's, let, yeah, him uh, uh, let him come. Let him come. Exactly. This this clear out, um, I, I, much like Harry Kane leaving uh, Tottenham makes way for guys like Pape, Pape uh, Matarsar and Busuma. I know they don't play the same positions, mm -hmm. but to to take on responsibilities that they wouldn't have previously had, it's the same way this PSG clear out, I think, is going to be better for PSG in the long term. And I can certainly tell you it's going to be better for Warren Zaire Emery. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact is, is Warren Zaire Emery was knocking on the door even previous to guys like Neymar leaving and or Verratti having some sort of a holdout here or there was talk about him potentially leaving. Mm -hmm. But a lot of their high-priced stars are on their way out the door, which makes way for either them to make the same mistake, bringing in high-priced stars again, mm -hmm. or let your young guys cook. And that's what Warren Zaire Imery, unsurprisingly, completely unsurprisingly, is doing right mm -hmm. now for PSG. Um, and, yeah, once again, PSG, I think, is going to be a, a weird type of um, <laughs> uh, dark horse for for Champions League. They that definitely fucks. are because they're they're just getting to know each other. They're just starting to like, you know, Asensio scores his first goal. Uh, Mbappe's back and he looks like he's beaming ear to ear and loving every bit of it. Mm -hmm. uh, he's the, once again the star of the show. Watch out for PSG. I mean, and Zaire Emery is going to be a huge part of it next to Vitinha. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a, I'll, yeah. It's good. It's gonna be a fun. Uh, Look at those fun names, future. Man. A different future. team. Yeah, a, young names: yeah. Nunez, Shugart, mm -hmm. Zaire Emery. Yeah. I'm excited for what's to come next with PSG. Just like Man yeah. City, mate. Like, if yeah. <laughs> I just want to say, why? Why is Man City gonna make history and become maybe the first team to win four Premier League titles? Because they have Guardiola and they have elite mm. recruitment. Like Man yeah. City, in a space of one year, they're gonna be signing. They, no, Man City, in the space of one year, they've signed mm -hmm. Haaland, Julian Alvarez, <laughs> Jeremy Doku, and Georges Coquardiol. If you spoken to us two years ago, we'd say every, every uh, these four players, all of them are ballers with world-class yep. potential. And they can mm. ball out in the present too. And that's what City do. They don't sign yep. doubts. They sign certainties. Players that they know mm -hmm. they can develop more. Alvarez is that for 20 million. Doku's going to be that for 55 million pounds. The replacement yeah. of Mahrez. And even if it's not youth, with recruitment, Man City still get. Grealish that long-term was good. Rodri, Ruben Dias. Like, that's, yep. it's just, they know how to, how to pay and how to pay with quality. So big, they do. big and shout out with City. Uh, and also big shout out to Jeremy Doku because that's a move. Uh, yeah. This is actually a, a, a kid that we, we had the privilege to actually talk to. I remember yep. we did like a... Instagram story type of like takeover like, yeah. thing back in the day on FB Wonder Kids, right? And uh, it, we, he just came across to us as just such a nice, nice kid, right? Just wanting to do well. He had made the move from Anderlecht 
uh, to Stad Rene, and uh, now it's great to see his talents, uh, which hopefully continues without injury moving forward um, because he beats, at least from a progressive perspective and dribbling perspective, Jeremy Doku beat Kylian Mbappe and Lionel Messi in a lot of metrics last season. Okay, he's more of a specialist than, say, a generalist that can do it all well. But my goodness, if if you haven't seen him play yet, just wait till you see him. If you thought Mares was aggressive, um, Jeremy Doku is insanely aggressive and will literally just go straight to the box. Explosive. Um, I think just, that's the, exactly. Yeah. Doku is yeah. extremely fast and explosive. Mm -hmm. And Doku arrives in the Premier League and no doubts at his age, he's yeah. one of the best dribblers in the league. As he's yeah. just arrived, yeah. and we say that with certainty because you said mm -hmm. it. He was matching dribbling stats of Neymar <laughs> and Messi. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. It's such and, 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 st and stuff that led to something, right? So there's, like, oh, shot-creating yeah. actions and progressive carries that lead to shots and all that stuff that they really like to dig into. So oh, it's not just, God. like, he, he dribbles for fun. He dribbles and, and stuff gets done. Uh, could his finishing be better? Great. Yeah, sure. Could his final thought process be better? Yeah, great. But guess where he's going? He's going to Manchester City. He's going to be under Pep Guardiola. He's that's all going to have to step up. That's all going to have to step up. And he's going to get he's going to be really dangerous there. Very dangerous. It's, so it's 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 the it's the the buy that they needed and it's the move that he needed to in order to become yeah. world class. Doku and kudos to the you. Belgium national kudos team. To <laughs> yeah, kudos you, to you. You you called it. You called it. And I I was even skeptical. Um, but no. I mean, it came out not even two weeks later. Uh, and <laughs> I, I think you got hit hard in the comments on that too. I've got to yeah, I've got to go gonna... bold sometimes. I got to go bold sometimes yeah. with the recruitment. <laughs> and you know, my dream one day. Never know. Wish comes something like that. Yeah. You know. Got to work go. to get there. But uh, but yeah. I wanted to say, mentioning Portuguese recruitment and stuff like that, I wanted to say Sporting. Mm. Shout out to them because mm. you saw Gyokeres' first game at Sporting. <laughs> he yep. was pretty surprising. And you knew that the right back spot needed sorting and Fresneda, yep. mate. Sporting signed <laughs> Fresneda, a player that could have gone to Barca, to Real Madrid, to Arsenal. He's gone to Sporting, one of the best young right backs in the world. And with Ruben Amorim. Mm -hmm. Developing someone that developed Nun Mensch, Pedro Pour in the past. Watch out for Evan Fresneda, okay? Watch Ab out. Absolutely. I'm very excited yeah. for my, what I'm what we're gonna see from Fresneda at Sporting. Wanted to shout out. Yeah. Wanted to mention. Yeah. That. Now, is that official or is that on its way? Uh, I, might have I think the, it's the official. Location. It's official it's and a, it's wow. for nine million plus three million in add-ons and ten percent of okay. a future fee for Real Valladolid too. I think the. But Portuguese uh, teams are really nice to the... They always give 10% of the future fee. <laughs> yeah, that is nice. I've, I've that been is seeing nice. that and, more and, why, and more. <laughs> and, why, and why not? Why yeah. not? I mean, they understand that... Uh, well, actually, I don't want to say that. I might get killed. No, no, no. Uh, that but no, they understand that selling is part of the process. No, selling higher is generally part of the process. You're not going to be yeah, killed for that. We, we in Portugal, good. we're more than used to selling out our best players. <laughs> <laughs> at Porto, at Benfica, at Sporting. Like, if Giocanesh scores 30, 30 goals in the league and he balls out in Europa he's League, gone. he's gone. So yeah. it's like, he's it's in the market that needs strikers. So, like, it's, wow. no offense taken, well, mate. <laughs> no, no, yeah. So that, because, it was uh, interesting because I think Fresneda was almost over the line with Bournemouth. I, th th we thought that Ooh. that was going to happen, and they, they were going to have Milos Kerkez on the left and they were going to have Fresneda on the right. But no, I think sporting, Max I think Portugal is a They're much better landing place for him. That ain't bad yeah. for Bournemouth too. 
Ma uh, Kerkez and Max Ahrens. Right. I was pretty yeah. pretty surprised, yeah. but I was saying I was gonna just tell you, like we know that we're a selling off league, Portuguese league, but mm -hmm. I think who doesn't want to admit that maybe they are a selling off league too is the Bundesliga, mate. <laughs> because like yeah. Jim Bellingham, like was so they're all gone. Uh, and <laughs> like let's see if Jamal Musial is gonna stay at Bayern Munich long no. term. But in terms you know, you of know who's next, Wirtz. You know who's next? Flooding yeah, Wirtz. And the new connection, Virtus ah, Boniface. Uh, and Chabial oh also. My gosh. I don't think Chabial also Chabial is going to stay another season coaching Leverkusen too. Like Leverkusen, Jeremy Frunkbong, Chabial also, Florian Virtus, Boniface. Enjoy until mm. you see it still. Like, that's what I got to <laughs> say. I think they'll get top three in the Bundesliga, but Xavi Simmons, I want to say too. Xavi Simmons was unreal yeah. against Stuttgart. I'd watched that game. One goal, two assists, a goal from pure resilience, okay? He missed the first shot, and he gets the second, and he gets that one in. Xavi Simmons is going to get more than 50 goal involvements in the Bundesliga, people. We fully believe in that, and if he just did that, what we saw, one goal, two assists in a game, <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> what well, he knows are, what Opinda does. You, oh, my you said 50 goal involvements? No, 20. Tw more than 20 oh, goal 20. involvements. Oh and if I gosh, did say I more than... But if, I, if I said 50? I No, no, no. <laughs> 20 goal involvements, <laughs> people. But those, no. are, those, are some, those are some numbers. Yeah, no. Xavi Simmons getting um, as... Well, it's to be expected. I, I still am flabbergasted at how well that PSV loan... Or that PSV... Uh, time at PSV went for him and how quickly he just was like, hey, y'all... Uh, Y'all want to hate me? It just fuels me, and he just goes out and it becomes. He was joint what joint joint golden boot scorer, um, and on top of that had double digit assists. And then he's already waltzing into the Bundesliga, technically a, a leg up, mm -hmm. um, with a very strong side, and he's already shooing in the eleven, a new eleven that's going to get stronger as the season goes on. So yeah, you can't. And he's in the net, the, the Netherlands setup. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, Xavi Simmons, maybe breakout star of uh, Euro 2024. What do you think? That's bold because if he's the breakout star of that of, of that Euros, he's then coming yeah. to PSG that maybe have will be without Mbappe. And Mbappe is yeah. at Real Madrid and he's back at PSG with that big responsibility of Xavi Simmons, Warren Saïd Emery, Ugart. Wow, mate, that would be yeah. such a bold scenario. But if you're it listening until now, let us know. What, what do you think about the podcast? Topics that you'd like for us to talk sure. about. Uh, tell us what you enjoyed the most. And, like, we just it's, – it's very appreciated if you can like this video on YouTube. Even if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, you could, you, if you could just hop to the YouTube podcast and leave a like, we appreciate it a lot. But if you're listening until, uh, until now – Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for going bold in another week. And put on the notifications too. I wanted to say that. Yeah. Put on notifications <laughs> to see every video we put out on YouTube because we are posting big time. More than five posts yeah. a week, guaranteed people. So you go bold and just put notifications so you are always warned. And again, thank you for listening. Until now, community.